0: Throughout the year, we celebrate these liturgical times, these liturgical seasons. We're still in the season of Easter. That's why our Easter candle is still lit while, while we're wearing, uh, still wearing white. And through these liturgical seasons, we celebrate, we commemorate things that happened a long time ago, but in a very real way, we experience them anew in the present. So because God is outside of time and all-powerful, again, these things happen already, but if we participate in these seasons, it, it bears fruit in our lives. So currently, we're in this sort toward of towards the end of the Easter season, specifically in this time between the ascension of Jesus Christ to see, sit at the right hand of the Father and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. That's where we find ourselves. So the church is in this moment of anticipation, of waiting and, and asking for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So that's why we, where we find ourselves as well. This recognition, Jesus is raised from the dead. He is Lord of the universe. We celebrated the Ascension on Thursday. Not everybody could be here. Please remember the Ascension is not Jesus' farewell. He didn't leave. If anything, he is much more present now than he was before the Ascension because he is now immediately and intimately present to each and every one of us. So now he's here. He's really close. His, his presence fills the world in a new way, and our humanity has found a home in, in heaven and in God. Jesus asked them, and this time, he said, remain in the city, meaning Jerusalem, until the promise of, of the Father has come. So he, in preparing them, he talked about a new advocate that would come. An advocate is somebody that argues on your behalf, that fights for you. He uh, calls the Holy Spirit the consoler, the paraclete, uh, the Spirit of God. So they're waiting for this gift of, of the Holy Spirit. Um. Yeah, so we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's like the church isn't complete yet until this happens. Once the Holy Spirit comes, they go out to the whole world. But now they're in this time of of waiting, of abiding. The gospel that we have is from the Last Supper. This chapter of the Last Supper, it's chapter 17, is called Jesus' High Priestly Prayer, where he prays for us. In a lot of different ways, in a different section, he prays that we would be one. We join in that prayer asking God that, all Christians would be united in one faith. Um, here is asking the Father to glorify Him. He's talking about you and me, uh, who who are a gift to Him. He says, "Do you know you're a gift? It's because you're very good. That may, that's what makes you a gift." Um, we have been given to Jesus by the Father, and Jesus has received us, and He gives us back to the Father. Not because He's trying to get rid of us, but because He wants to give the Father everything He is and everything He has. So we exist in this mutual giving and receiving between the Father and the Son as as a tremendous gift. He also has this this, um, line about eternal life that's kind of surprising. Maybe not surprising, but it maybe changes our perception a little bit. Who in here would like eternal life? You don't have to raise your hands, but hopefully most of us, right? What's eternal life? When I ask that question, what comes to mind? For a lot of us, we think of spending forever in heaven, right? Eternal life is being in heaven for a long time. Jesus gives us a definition of eternal life here in the gospel, and that's not what it is. What does he say? He says, now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I'll read that again. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. Eternal life is not spending a long time doing something. Eternal life is entering into the infinite life of God through knowledge of him and through a relationship with him. Eternal life you could almost translate as infinite life. Who wants infinite life, infinite love, peace, joy, beauty, goodness, rest? I do. And what is that? It's knowing God. It's being in relationship to him. And this this is eternal life, to know you, the one true God, meaning the Father, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. So now you know, if you want eternal life, what is eternal life? It's, it's falling in love and entering into a relationship of mutual knowledge and mutual gift with God. Now, in some ways that's already happened to you, and in some ways that hasn't yet happened to you. Christianity is a weird thing where a bunch of things have already happened and they haven't yet happened. So have you been saved? Yes. When did that happen? On the cross. So Jesus paid the price for all your sins. You're already saved. But has that salvation from sin, has that entered into all the parts of your life and mind and heart and body? No, not yet, right? No, you still, you, you and I, we are still sinners. We still need to be saved in a deeper way to, to receive that. Are you a member of Christ? Are you united to him? Yes or no? Yep, that already happened. At your baptism, you and Jesus became one. You became united to him. Now he is in you and you are in him. He is the vine, you are the branches. So that's already taken place. But do you live in constant communion and intimacy and union with Jesus Christ? No. No, you forget about him, right? And when you forget about him, you feel like it's all on you and you have to do it all on your own and you have to try harder and life's kind of scary. So it's already happened. But yeah, we want to live in the, the abundant truth of that. Is God the Father your father? Yeah, 100%. Are you his beloved son or daughter? Yeah, totally. But also... We haven't experienced the fullness of his love. We haven't experienced the truth of our identity to the depths. And we want that. How do we receive that more deeply? Well, the the essential part of that, entering into it more deeply, coming to know God, is prayer. You have to pray. Prayer is an essential part of being a Christian. If we're not spending actual time in our actual days, every day, praying, we're really missing the boat. Uh, And that's not to be something harsh. It's to say, oh, heaven is waiting for you and eternal life is waiting for you. The God of the universe is waiting for you and longing for you. And he wants to bless you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you rest. So as I'm saying you need to pray every day, I'm not saying you just need to go do more stuff because some of you are tired, amen? You're busy, you're tired. Some of you have little kids and you're like, oh, yeah, you just want me to do more stuff? Great, that's not gonna happen, right? Right? No, so prayer isn't about doing more stuff. Sure, it does have to take an actual time and space in your life. But there's a way in which God blesses it. And it's like he, he rearranges things and he blesses and he makes things better. So you're not going to miss out on something. Some of you, it's like, listen, we get the kids down and we got about a good hour until it's like 99 for us, until we're just, we're just tanked. I promise you, this is a promise. If you spent five minutes of that time in prayer the rest of the 55 would be much better than, than anything you're going to miss out on. Like, God makes things fruitful. He blesses things. He makes them good. He doesn't take anything away. No, he fills with life. So we need to pray every day, which means we need to be thinking today, when am I going to pray tomorrow? And it needs to have an actual, it's not sometime, because sometime's not a thing, right? Some of this is my own pep talk that I like, had to really like, work through in becoming a seminarian and a priest. It's like, all right, I got to pray. And I was like, yeah, I'll pray sometime. No, if I prayed sometime, I never prayed. I need to pray at a time. Some of you are morning prayers. It's going to be better to pray in the morning. Some of you are evening prayers. It's going to be better to pray in the evening. Some of you fall asleep with a rosary in your hand, yeah? So don't do it. You're not an evening person. That's okay. You can be a morning person. Some of you are midday. But we need to have actual time in our actual day to spend with God. Or else, Frankly, like none of this is real. It's like we're just—it's not—it's like yeah, I believe in God, blah blah blah. But it's like yeah, but if we're not spending actual time with Him, then we don't know Him. I I had to make promises before I was ordained that I would pray for you every day. I would pray for the church. Um, and so as a priest, we pray what's called the breviary. It's a book of Psalms and prayers. We pray that five times a day. And then priests are encouraged to spend an hour, an additional just hour in prayer with God every day. And then hopefully too, they're just kind of reading and studying and. Just kind of praying here and there all all the time. Initially, I had to pray because I said I would. And now it's like, oh, I have to pray because I have to. Before I had to because I had to. And now I had to, I have to because I have to. Does that make any sense? I know that I'm just saying the same words. But it's like, oh, if I don't pray, like, I feel it. It's like if I don't drink water. Like, having experienced prayer and what prayer is for me now and for my life and for my heart and for my soul, I have to do it. It's not a question of like, oh, I got to go pray. It's like, no, I, got, I have to go pray. Like, I need it. I mean, it's crazy how it's grown in my life to this tremendous, it's like, it's part of my lifeblood. It's part of my, the air I breathe. I, like, I need it every day. And if I don't have it, it's, I feel pain in me. Like, yeah, there's this desire. I'm confident, too, that on the other hand, there is a desire and an ache in God's heart to spend time with you because he just loves you. So you can bring relief to the heart of God by praying. and That's just by letting yourself be with him and letting him be with you. He longs for you. He desires you more than you can imagine. and He really wants to spend time with you. If you feel like, yeah, Father, I don't really know how to pray, that's okay. And tell him, God, I don't know how to pray, so you need to teach me how to pray. And then he'll do it. This is real, folks. He's not messing around. Like, he loves you, and he's on your side. If you need to know how to pray, tell him, and then he'll teach you. That's just, God, he he does stuff when we ask him. So that might take time. But yeah, just tell him, like, God, I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. That's a prayer I pray all the time. God, teach me how to pray. Also, some of us don't really want to pray that much. Yeah? And we feel a little guilty, maybe. But let's ask, like, God, give me a desire to pray. Like, I want to want it. And right now, I really don't. So God, like, stir in me a desire to pray. Prayer is very simply just being with God. We try to open our hearts to him, tell him what's going on, what we need, what we desire, what we're feeling. Uh, And we just spend time. You don't have to talk the whole time. And even in the silence and the stillness, God is at work. Stuff is happening. So it doesn't have to look like anything. It doesn't have to feel like anything. Just intentionally putting yourself before God at some time in your day, it will bear fruit. If you want to come to the church, you can do that. Make sure you come between... 12.01 um, a.m. and 11.59 p.m., because the doors are locked. Well, they're never locked. So anytime you can come and pray in the church, uh, it's always open. If you want to pray at home, great. If you want to kneel when you pray, great, if that helps. If it doesn't help, sit down. If you, if, you, if you pray best when you take a walk, take a walk. There's a way in which we have these formal times of prayer. We're doing prayer here in Mass but also like the rest is just like, it's just you and God wants to be with you in your life. And so that doesn't, it doesn't have to look a specific way. You don't have to say anything out loud. God knows your thoughts. He knows the deepest depths of your heart. He's attentive to all of that. It can be as simple as just, just imagining like, hey God, I'm just here with you and I give you this time. And if you sit there for five minutes and your mind wanders some and nothing happens, I promise you something happened. Yeah, and he'll bless you. Because he's good and he's faithful and again he you don't have to convince him to come close to you he's just he's just dying to so we need to pray every day again prayer is an essential part of being a christian It's it's not an optional part we can't know god without actually knowing him and we get to know him by spending time with him by talking to him and listening so we just have to we just have to pray but again, it, it just blesses us. It makes us whole. This is eternal life, folks. Is entering into a relationship of love with the God who loves you immensely. One last little idea. We'll bring it, two last little ideas. We'll bring, they'll be little. We'll bring it to a close. One, the apostles after the ascension go back to Jerusalem. It says they devoted themselves to prayer, which means they're just spending the days praying. It's a lot of prayer. In a way, they can pray in a new way because Jesus is present to them now in a deep, personal way. So now they can really pour themselves into prayer. And they also do it with Mary. It says Mary was with them in the house. which is beautiful. Like Mary wants to help us pray. She just wants to be with you. You can just imagine her sitting next to you and praying for you or just like putting a hand on your shoulder, whatever is helpful. But, but Mary wants to be a part of that. And then too, prayer is the work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. St. Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we ought. So the spirit inside of us prays with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes our hearts just kind of groan. There's a desire. There's an ache. Sometimes there's this cry for a father. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us cries, Abba. Like, I need care. I need protected. I need to be, to be blessed, to be loved. So God is praying in you, and He's longing to pray in you. So he, we, we, we just want to set Him free, to let Him pray. But there's a way in which Jesus is in you, and He's praying to the Father in the Holy Spirit. So you're not alone. Like God is doing work. He's active in you. You're never alone. Um, so I'd like you to invite God to do two things as we as we kind of pray here at the end. One is that God would give you a deeper desire to pray. Pray for that for me too, for your priest. It's really important that your priest prays. So let's say, God, give us a deeper desire to pray. Stir in me a, a desire, a hunger for prayer. And then second. I'd like you to give Jesus permission or ask him to pray in you. Like, Jesus, pray in me, please. Like, stir my heart into prayer. Talk to the Father. Help me reveal my heart. Like, be in me and pray in me because I, I just don't know how to do this alone. So let's ask him for a desire to pray and ask Jesus to pray in us and through us.